0: Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max.
1: And I'm Tina.
0: And we are here to discuss Season 4, Episode 5 of Farscape.
1: Promises.
0: Hey look, the plot's kicking in. Again, at last.
1: That's so funny that, I mean, really, really important mythology stuff happened in the last two episodes, but by the plot kicking in you mean, yay, Aaron's back! Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait, I'm sorry. I just realized I said the last two episodes because I totally was discounting Lava's "A Many Splendored Thing" as an episode at all. Yeah,
0: I was about to say, I, I I was about to say, does stuff happen in the lava episode? Is is the rebellion or whatever that? No, nope, totally witch- forgot yeah.
1: that episode happened.
0: It lifts right out.
1: <laughs> all right, uh, let me tell you, I am, I am. Gonna take a deep breath because I am starting this episode super annoyed with the way all of the media companies just love to fuck us. Yeah, it's and, been a
0: pretty big slaughter fest all around.
1: Like, okay, so first of all, like in the broad sense, what HBO Max is doing now that it's been taken over by Discovery TV, which is just such a weird sentence anyway.
0: Deeply bizarre.
1: Just the animated slaughter that happened this week.
0: Did you hear about Sesame Street?
1: And the Sesame Street slaughter. Although at least they're still airing for free on PBS. That's that's a mm. thing. But that that aside, like from a personal standpoint, I'm sure many many of our listeners have realized that Farscape is off of Amazon Prime, which sucks.
0: Unexpectedly.
1: Yeah. No. No notice. No word. Just gone. Just like that. And both Amazon and Jim Henson, at the beginning of August, were like, oh, it's just a glitch, it'll come back. Total lie. No, it's gone. It's gone. And Jim Henson has signed a deal with some other streaming company, so I assume that's part of why it's off Amazon, even though it's not available to anyone anywhere, as far as I can tell, in the United States. I actually think there might have been a deal struck in Australia. I think think it's easier to stream in Australia now, so... Mm. Anyway, doesn't help us, so I went out and bought DVDs. You may remember me having ranted about how my ex took our DVDs with him when he left. So I bought new DVDs and a DVD player, a thing which my current computer did not have. And the new DVDs, I I swear, I thought this was illegal, but I checked. It's not actually an ADA violation. Do not have closed captions!
0: Which is nuts.
1: So we've just spent so long wrestling with our computers, finally had to break down and buy it on iTunes, which is not my preferred platform of choice because I do everything on Androids. Sorry, Apple people, including the one who's sitting next to me because Mac, (laughs) yeah, we're like, we're like a bitextual house. Like, Mac has everything Mac and I have everything Android. It's not a choice.
0: You're born into a Mac family. You use Macs for the rest of your life. That's how it works.
1: I mean I am on the Android slash Google ecosystem. That's where I live. That's just how it is. There's this divide between us that we have we we have we have an intertech marriage. Anyway, point is you can't buy it on Google Play, so I I bought it on iTunes, even though that meant I had to like clumsily download iTunes onto my Surface Pro. My point is I'm a little hot. I'm coming into this recording a little hot.
0: You know who else is a little hot?
1: I I swear to God, I didn't even do that on purpose, but that was so good, right? Yeah, you
0: looped it right back in there.
1: All right, yeah. Aaron's a little hot.
0: So, last time, some stuff with the weird boob lady, Pheromones, Lava Planet, Scorpius is dead, but not really, because come on. How many times have we done this? No one believes Scorpius is actually dead.
1: We saw him get shot and then buried alive, but... I suspect he might show up this week anyway. We also found out that, you know, last season, right before the season ended, we found out that Aaron is with child.
0: Aaron is with child.
1: And then the last episode ended on, like, the happy up note where they got a contact from Moya. Moya's okay. They're going to go meet up with her. Everyone's happy. But, of course, we know. We know that.
0: Hey, what happened last time Aaron was alone in space? With, uh, an enemy of the group. You know, what happened then when she was in a Leviathan with a guy that was a big bad?
1: Yep. Yep. It is weird how they all kind of use Aaron as their entry point. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Dargo has attached John's now not working module to the back of Lola, his ship, And they fly out to meet Moya, and, like, the shot is beautiful. There's this, like...
0: Angelic sky hole.
1: Yeah, because there's, like, a sun behind her, and the sun is filtering through some sort of atmosphere. Don't know where that atmosphere came from, but some sort of atmosphere so that it's all, like, sunset-colored clouds. It's beautiful. And they ask Pilot, where have you been? And Pilot's like, we were looking for you, and John's.
0: Just kept missing you.
1: John's like, wait, but what happened when you went through the wormhole? And Pilot's like, what? I don't know what you mean at all.
0: Yeah, he says that his memory is a little hazy, but it's probably not anything worth worrying about. It's fine.
1: Yeah, don't worry about it.
0: So everyone's happy that they're going to finally reunite with Moya and John and Aaron will get married and I guess buy a space double wide and raise their kid there.
1: Why is space double-wide, I wonder? Did you just jump to?
0: I mean, John doesn't really seem like a farm-type person. Those are kind of your only two options as a retired badass.
1: Farms and double-wides are your only options? He's a a scientist with IASA. So, farm? Yeah. Yeah. So, farm.
0: Because, like, Picard, vineyard, which is basically a farm... You know, Superman and Kingdom Come, farm. I know, he's a farmer, but still, also a scientist. Uh, Dewey in the new Scream movie, double wide.
1: Ooh, ooh, what about, uh, I mean, I guess badass isn't the right word for him, but what about Dexter in, uh, Dexter, he becomes a lumberjack.
0: I feel like that falls under the farm purview. Okay. I mean, it's granted a very limited... The where, where, where does he live as a lumberjack? That might be a double-wide... Alaska, wide. I think? No, but that might be a double-wide situation.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I stopped watching Dexter. Oh, you know, I, Thanos becomes a farmer.
0: Yeah. It's what you do if you're a badass and then you retire. You either farm or double-wide. I wish I could think of more double-wide examples. I know it's a thing.
1: Well, that's where... um, That's where the nurse... Snake from Anaconda. No, not Anaconda.
0: Oh, Kill Bill.
1: Kill Bill! It's living.
0: I don't know. I I only saw the first Anaconda movie. They made a bunch of them. Maybe there's a nurse snake in that.
1: A nurse snake who retires from being a snake and goes to live in a double one?
0: I didn't see the later movies.
1: So John's like, I'm gonna take point. I'm gonna go to Moya and make sure everything's cool because sure things sure don't sound cool.
0: L Driver is the nurse snake from Kill Bill, <laughs> played by Daryl Hannah, who is also the mermaid in Splash. Oh
1: yeah, I'm the weird one for calling her the nurse snake instead of L Driver. Yeah, I'm I'm the one who's weird here.
0: They were very popular movies. A lot of people know the names of the characters.
1: That just argues more that you should have jumped to that and not to Anaconda. <laughs> I didn't see the later
0: Anaconda movies. Nurse Snake. I just thought of a snake with one of those old-timey nurse hats.
1: Snakes on a Plane too. <sighs> snakes in a Hospital.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: No, 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 no. Sorry, I actually have a phobia of snakes. Snakes in a Hospital is horrifying to me way more than Snakes on a Plane. Because at least on Snakes in a Plane, you can just open the doors and they all get sucked out. I mean, that you don't have oxygen, but at least the snakes <laughs> are gone. Uh. Anyway, John's taking point, And when he gets down there, there's a figure. There is a figure in the uh archway, the archway, but the the loading dock bay.
0: It's a very pretty loading dock bay. It's like the solarium and charmed.
1: And then the figure steps out into the light and it is Aaron. And John is just like complete like he's. Just his heart. He's like, Erin, you're back. You came back. And she does not look good, y'all. And I mean, I mean, she looks good because she's her black, but she does not look good. She looks very sick.
0: She's sweaty and she's in a Scorpius suit, but she doesn't have the face thing and a whole bunch. This week on Farscape, psychosexual nightmares for John.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. She's got her hair loose and hanging down and...
0: But not curly, it's straight and loose.
1: Yes. That, you know, I couldn't put my finger on what it was about her hair that made me feel like she's definitely sick and not just because the hair has represented, you know, her journey between freedom and peacekeeper. And now that it's completely down, I'm like, why is it? It's because it's straight. That, yeah, that's it.
0: So Aaron's like, John, I've got the heat delirium. And And she's like,
1: promise not to kill him. And John's like, oh, fuck. Oh. Uh, fuck! Yeah. Who are
0: we teaming up with now? You know it's gonna be Scorpius. She's wearing this suit.
1: And that's what we find out. Scorpius found Erin, and he saved her from the heat delirium by, like, putting her in the coolant suit that you'll remember Scorpius has because he's half Scar and half Peacekeeper. So he needs the, like, suit so that he can stay cool, even though his Scar and blood makes him so hot.
0: Mm. So... God, Heat Delirium is the least consistent thing about Farscape.
1: I don't know, I feel like they're, they're...
0: doing a good job with it here, but Aaron... I mean, they
1: introduced it in season one, they're bringing it back here.
0: Aaron was on a desert planet twice and it never came up.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, Aaron lets us know that Scorpius needs asylum from the Peacekeepers, so he has shown up here, saved Aaron, found Aaron first, brought her here, saved her life, and... uh you know what, honestly, if you want Asylum from Moya's crew, that's, that's a good way to go about it.
0: Yeah. Oof, that's really depressing. I was just like, well, the big in Aaron has is with Moya. A, because of the whole pilot DNA thing, and B, because they both lost Talon.
1: Oof. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I really wish they hadn't killed off Talon.
1: It was, that was a dark, there was a dark uh, way to go with that.
0: Everyone's having an incredibly awkward catch up over in Farscape.
1: Well, because John is just not ready to not kill Scorpius. Speaking of needing therapy, and I mean no no nothing nothing wrong with needing therapy here. He has he has PTSD from what's happened with Scorpius, and you can see it in his face. John is like John is so disturbed, and Dargo is too, but that's that's because of Dargo's
0: like I like how everyone's taking their own turn giving Scorpius the stink eye as they walk past him over to Aaron. Like, first John gives him the stink eye, and then Dargo gives him the stink eye, and it's it's all- <laughs> they're all just slowly walking around him, yeah. staring him down.
1: Chiana, Chiana takes Aaron, you know, away to the coolant room, since she's got heat delirium, as 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 always, Chiana is the one who is kind of on the ball as far as, okay, but Aaron needs to be cared for. Y'all do whatever this is, but Aaron needs to be cared for.
0: How weird is it that uh, Chiana is the one who took over that role from Xan?
1: That is weird.
0: They're such different characters, but now Chiana is responsible for the emotional well-being of everyone on this ship.
1: No, it is interesting, though, that... Chiyana has inherited that role, and meanwhile, the, like, I will fight everyone and whatever if I can't kiss or kill or kick it role was initially Jewel, unfortunately, and now is Sokozu.
0: I feel bad for smack-talking Jewel, but it sucks for her that she was immediately replaced by someone who is a lot like her, but in a way that's not horribly annoying all the time.
1: I mean, they tried something, it didn't work, they tried something else, and it did work, I... I,
0: yeah, I, I just... I feel bad for constantly smack-talking Jewel, even though she's a very irritating character. <laughs> because, like... I, it, it's it, it's weird, because Sukozu has a lot of the same things as Jewel, as we have discussed, but done better.
1: No, if anything, I think the fact that we like Sukozu means that it's okay that we were mean to Jewel, because it means that our issues with Jewel weren't, like, anything personal. Or, rather, they were everything personal. It's not like... Oh, I'm just upset because there's a new character. Oh, I'm just upset because I don't like redheads. Oh, I'm just upset because I don't want someone who comes in and thinks she's better than everyone else. Because Sokozu is all of those things and I love her. So I feel like, if anything, Sokozu's presence makes me feel better about being so mean to Jewel.
0: Meanwhile, John is doing a little psychic catch-up with Harvey in his brain because he's like, I know that we're best buddies now because you live in my brain and we have to be. But how am I supposed to deal with regular Scorpius? You can just tell me stuff about him, right? And he's he's like,
1: imagining them as like...
0: They're Blues Brothers.
1: No, no. Are they Blues Brothers? Or is I it think a reservoir... they're Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir
0: Dogs, yeah.
1: Speaking of Tarantino, yeah.
0: I guess they'd probably have the hats if they were Blues Brothers. I love how Harvey is like the only person who gets John's pop culture references because he's well, been... Well, because he lives
1: in John's head. Because
0: he's been living in John's brain, so... Oh my god, is Harvey is Harvey John's best friend? No. Like, I know it should be Dargo, but he can't make references to Dargo.
1: Listen, listen. No one who lived in my head, amongst all of my thoughts, would ever call themselves my friend.
0: <laughs>
1: that might have been darker than I meant it to be, but here we are. What are we going to do?
0: Now, private thoughts are private thoughts for a reason.
1: There's actually an episode of Red Dwarf,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a show which I love and I... I just, I cannot get you to love, which is weird because I feel like a good description of Red Dwarf, and and this doesn't encompass everything it is, but I feel like a pretty good description of Red Dwarf is stupid Star Trek, which I know you love! You love stupid Star Trek!
0: It's my favorite part of Star Trek. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't click for me.
1: Weird. Weird. Anyway, there's an early episode where Rimmer, the... Most annoying character on the show. Like, purposefully, that's his deal. He's, like, the Dwight. Yeah. Has himself... I was gonna say cloned, but he he's a program. So he has himself basically copy and pasted. hmm And they end up just hating each other so much. And there are some pretty extensive novelizations of the TV series. And in the novelization, they claim that... The file was corrupted, and that's why that's why one of the rimmers is so much more annoying than the other, and that's why there's kind of a justification for which one gets erased at the end because they can't live together. Mm-hmm. But that's BS, and in the TV show it's just nope. There he's you hate yourself. Making a, making a clone of yourself and having to be roommates with it would be hell. Sasha was wrong. Hell is not other people, hell is being trapped in a room with yourself. Mm-hmm which is basically the deal with Scorpius and Harvey. Oh, and speaking of hating yourself, Harvey is like, yeah, absolutely do not trust Scorpius because he is going to kill you and I live in your head and I will die. So weirdly, my allegiance is now to you, the person who I want to keep living, which you will not if you trust Scorpius.
0: I kind of love that Scorpius is aware that John's head Scorpius is not working for him anymore.
1: Yeah, it's weird that he's aware that there is a head Scorpius, but he is because he's put it there. Anyway, back in uh, the room that Scorpius has been staying in, Rigel's just smashing up coolant rods like, oh, no, don't you die without these? What a shame. And Darga's like, um, Aaron dies without them, too, Rigel.
0: Yeah, be careful. Uh, they're doing a kind of girl's protective friends talking to her new boyfriend thing with Scorpius, which is deeply bizarre given the history of all of these characters. Meanwhile, Sukozu is attempting a Sukoze coup.
1: She wants to know where all the DRDs are, and Pilot's like, wait, who is this now? What? And they're like, this is New Jewel, don't worry about it. And Chiana comes just to give her a hard time and be like, Hey, look, you're already pissing people off. Now, remember Sukozu when she was part of the, like, pirate band or whatever that she was part of? Mm-hmm. Her whole thing was that she was an expert on leviathans. So, just throwing that out there.
0: I, I do love, uh, Chiana accuses her of trying to run the ship and she's like, You remember that you're basically our prisoner, right? Like, Best case scenario for you, your cargo. You are worthless. You are not the person who should be running the ship. And she's, like, sexy threatening her. And Sakozu's like, yeah, I don't really have time for this. I need to, you know.
1: I'm weirdly on Sakozu's side. Like, maybe have some humility when you come in because you're talking to people who have been here. But she does know everything about leviathans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Chiana's Gian- trying to throw her ri- her weight around and Sakozu's like, look, I... I know you have a whole history or whatever, but I don't care about that. I'm the one who can run this ship the most efficiently. You should be using me as an asset, and it's stupid if you don't.
1: Chiana does remind her that she's the one who buried Scorpius, and now Scorpius is back, so... mm, Question mark? But whatever.
0: Well, I mean... You've been around for a while, Chiana. Come on.
1: Yeah, I know. It's not her fault. She's just the last person who was in his vicinity when he failed to die. You've all been in that position.
0: So, John walks into the cooling room and but he's... But
1: before he gets there, though, we see him having, like, these really vivid images of his his idea that Aaron was being tortured by Scorpius before ending up in this position. It's It's really... He's yeah it's really getting to him and and he assumes that scorpius would have tortured aaron to find out where he was so it's not just the thought that aaron was being tortured but also being tortured through his fault
0: because of him yeah so he walks into the cooling room and he sees aaron in full scorpius because she had the suit on but now she has the headpiece and the weird receptacle thing in the side of her head
1: although well, I guess, it's, I guess obviously the receptacle thing just presses against the side of her head instead of going into her brain like it does with scorpions.
0: Does it? It seems like it kind of does go into her head. It does the whirly thing and then it goes in. But, I mean, I guess that's... I don't
1: that's... think it goes in because we see almost the full rod.
0: But uh, you, can, you can hear John's penis screaming as his love interest and his worst enemy merge into the same person before his very eyes.
1: Freud would have a field day. Mm-hmm surreal actually i think Jung would have a field day Jung would have a field day surreal boner confuser
0: Freud would have had a field day with the hallucination episode where his mom tried to seduce him
1: right of course
0: the hallucination episode that narrows things down right
1: <laughs> they know what we mean won't get fooled again so yeah john wants to know what happened to erin she says that it was That she was infected. She was infected with something that gave her heat delirium. And John's immediate assumption is that it was Scorpius. But it wasn't. It was a thing that Erin doesn't want to talk about. And she's like, I just need you to trust me, no questions asked. And John does not want to do that. I feel like John normally would. I feel like normally he would be like, okay, no questions asked. But in this case, because he feels like... Scorpius probably does know, he needs to know. There's a real weird protective slash jealousy thing happening with him and Scorpius. Hmm. But back in the rest of the ship where people aren't having psychosexual dramas, uh, there's another ship coming and Ryder's like, well, let's just starburst the fuck out of here. And Pilot's like, can't, it's too big, and now it's taken over calm so that they can deliver threats to us. Here it is.
0: Something has to be wrong with the ship, so just leaving isn't a option.
1: Well, it's not- nothing's wrong with the ship. The other ship is just too close.
0: To starburst. To starburst. You can't starburst if something is near you. That's a thing now.
1: Okay, here's the thing.
0: Like, I get the other ships using jammers or whatever to stop them from starbursting. That's fine. That's
1: No, here's the thing. You're right. That's the thing. The thing is that you are right. They totally can starburst when there's something giant next to them like that. The danger is that the, the wave of the starburst mm. will suck in the thing that's near them, but the thing that's near them is so big. By the way, we see a shot of it, and it is like this enormous glowing, almost like, almost organic looking thing that just completely dwarfs Moya. It's, mm. um, it's a really cool shot. Anyway, the fear is that you would pull not the thing through, but a piece of it that's destroying it and I would, I would offer.
0: Who cares? So what? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's where we are. That's why we're not starbursting immediately.
0: So John's like, you were part of like, freedom fighters or mercenaries or something, and Aaron's like, I don't really want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, she was gonna take off and join some peacekeeper assassins, and uh, looks like her peacekeeper assassins pissed off the wrong people.
0: Yeah, it's a guy with weird jowls and a helmety thing and...
1: Okay, here's the thing about this guy, who, by the way, is demanding the return of Aaron soon. That's their deal. And he kind of looks like, to me, the diagnostician, but without the diagnostician's, like, mask that allows him to breathe and instead wearing, like, a version of the Scorpius cowl that matches his anatomy. Like, it's not a Scorpius cowl, but, like, that's... That's what he looks like to me, like a toned-down version of the diagnostician. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he wants Aaron, and he wants information from Aaron. He wants to know who paid her, who sent her. And she's like, yeah, I can't do that. I made a promise. And John's like, to Scorpius? And Aaron's like, not everything is Scorpius, John! It's not all Scorpius! That's your deal! Which is funny, because last episode, or wait, uh, wait, Lava was a Metal splendor thing happened. Two episodes ago! Raito was like, "Why are you just spending all your time obsessing with Aaron? You got to let it go. She's not that into you, man."
0: Yeah, a lot of this episode is going to be just them trying to get the information about who hired Aaron to kill whoever this guy's buddy was.
1: This guy, by the way, says he's the one who infected Aaron with the heat delirium and he is the only one who can cure it.
0: Hmm. And Aaron's like, "Look, I'm I'm not saying who it is. I'm not giving up that information. So, in order to save her, the majority of this episode is just about them trying to get that information out of her without, say, torturing her.
1: Yeah, Rigel suggests that he be allowed to torture Aaron to get the information out of her. And, like, Rigel, what? What makes you think that's a good idea? That's a terrible thing to even suggest in jest. Mm Mm-hmm. They... I was going to say they will airlock you, but I guess if they haven't yet.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, boob lady still exists. By the way, I like how really, really particularly John is avoiding asking Aaron about the baby. Yes. Because you can really tell that he wants to, but he keeps on moving the conversation away from that area.
1: Well, it's like this thing that happened while she was gone where she apparently became an assassin is a stand-in for the other stuff she's not telling him. And he's pressing her, making it clear that he wants to know, but he's pressing her just enough. Like, he's backing off at just the right time that he can still be a decent guy. She's like, I need you to back off if you care about me. So he backs off. He's like, just tell me if you believe that this guy is telling the truth when he says he has the cure, and he's the only one who has the cure. Aaron says that's true, and he's like... Okay, I guess I will stop pressing on the other stuff.
0: Meanwhile, we're having a little bit of a Lower Decks episode on Boob ladyship. Yeah, like, what's-his-bucket? Bracca. Bra- Bracca is talking to a blonde peacekeeper lady, which just historically being a blonde peacekeeper lady has not worked out well for anyone, so... And some dude, and they're talking about the best thing to do... And then Boob Lady calls Bracca over and she's like, you have to make the right choice or I'll boob kill you with my boobs.
1: She wants Crichton. She's like, I have decided to single-mindedly track down Crichton because all of the people who came before me did that. So there must be something about Crichton.
0: I like that the the new villain's motivation just seems to be sunk cost fa- Other people's sunk cost fallacy? <laughs> like, my only reason for pursuing this guy is that so many other people were pursuing him. It must have been for a reason. I... Look, you saw what happened to them! Presumably you think Scorpius is dead. I mean, we're, what, this is the third person deep in the, uh, Peacekeepers tracking.
1: Yep, yep. So, we, we've seen, we've seen Krace. Lose his command, like... Lose his lose mind. His, lose his life.
0: Lose his life.
1: We, we've seen Scorpius's obsession push him to the point that high command, despite the fact that he is so valuable, his mind is so valuable and he's so close to coming up with a weapon that will protect them against the Skarens, that they are working with him despite their, like, intense racism... You saw him lose his command over his obsession with John, and yet somehow you're like, yeah. Chasing John Creighton That's the ticket.
0: This is how I can prove myself as a boob lady. I don't know what her deal is. Like, we know that she got that
1: We, ne- we never find out her deal. But we know that the pheromone thing is a thing that, like, certain consorts did, and it...
0: There's implications about her backstory.
1: Yes, but we will ne- We do not know it and we never will.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad she's not the big bad for the last season because that would just be kind of sad.
1: You know, it's kind of weird how I feel like on a lot of our podcasts, this one included, but not this one as much as, say, our Once Upon a Time podcast or even our Charmed podcast, we're often interested in what's happening off screen. Like, we'd much rather watch the story about the dwarf nursery in Once Upon a Time than...
0: Anything Snow and Charming ever do in that show.
1: Right. We'd rather see what Lily is getting up to. Oh, God. Just... that That's...
0: Fun. The fact that they resolved her plot off-screen in a throwaway line in the last episode.
1: For me, the Lily thing is the biggest dropped ball. Like, thats that could have been so great.
0: I mean, I know Regina already serves this narrative niche, but the fact that there is a dark counterpart... She's basically Emma's faith, and then they never bring her back.
1: That is such a great example to to bring up. Because yeah, imagine, imagine if Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, not the person, imagine if Buffy the Show had just gotten bored with Faith and dropped her. Like, can you even imagine that?
0: Well, no, no, l- l- let me let me compare what this would be like. This would be like if you had all of the Faith stuff from season three, and then you had the bit in season four where, you know, she wakes up and she does the body swapping thing. Uh-huh. And then, you know, she gets swapped back into her own body and she just runs off. And she never came back.
1: Right, exactly! Exactly! Well, and I said gets bored with because that's what I feel like happened with Lily.
0: And that was one of the stronger things. they I mean, it was dumb, and it was... And it, It involved our favorite thing from Once Upon a Time, the uh, Mary, Margaret, and David throwing a baby into a death pit. I can see why if you are invested in Mary, Margaret, and David as characters, you might not not want Lily to stick around, the baby that they threw in a death pit.
1: Okay, my point is, and you can tell how passionate we are talking about this stuff, my point is, I have just no interest in learning Grace's backstory. I, I just, I'm so not interested in her. Like... You would think that the sexy boobtacular lady with a backstory that the show doesn't sufficiently cover would be our cup of tea. Yeah. And yet here we are, not caring.
0: I googled because I wanted to post a thing on Twitter about how my very, very specific favorite kind of character is an actress of a certain age, which a certain age ranges to my actual age to like 60s or 70s. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you find an intensely beautiful actress in that age range, give her magic powers, and make her the worst person on Earth, and that's going to be my favorite character in the show. And I feel like she hits a lot of those things, but God do I not care about Greza. Like, I, I believe the term I was trying to Google, big, big actress of a certain age, felt like it wasn't right because I was like, how how old was uh, Madalena on Galifant? Oh, That actress is literally my age. Is she? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Because I felt like she was in her, you know, she's beautiful, but I felt like she was, you know, not older, but older than I am.
1: Dear listeners, Max is nine years older than I am, and I always thought of Madalena as being my age. Younger. Oh, did I say older? Max is nine years younger than I am, and I had always thought of Madalena as being my age. I believe Max did as well, and has tried to graciously say that after he has already called her old multiple times. Am I correct?
0: You are, and I did not call her old. Older than me. And also, you can't be mad at me trying to use the word MILF to describe her.
1: I'm not mad at all! I'm not mad at all! I am amused at you attempting (laughs) to speak delicately. Anything that I... True, and I do not care about. That is good. It's fine. <laughs> yes, I I assumed Madalena was my age. Also, I love Madalena. <laughs> did we say we're talking about Gallivant? I just want to throw uh, that out there because we didn't say the word Gallivant and I'm, I was just confusing everyone.
0: I'm pretty sure we did, but uh, in case we didn't, Gallivant, which you should watch, it's hopefully streaming somewhere, God only knows, but...
1: Buy it on a physical DVD and then buy a DVD player. Make sure it has captions before you buy it. Jesus. Anyway, back on Farscape, John and Aaron have gone to the ship to try their plan, which is to pretend to be going there peacefully and then kill everyone. Fair. I I, I respect... First of all, I respect that without Stark, they basically don't have good plans anymore, because that's their deal. Mm -hmm. And I also respect that... This is the way their plans normally go down. And they're like, you know what? That's just what we're going to do. So
0: Let's just lean uh, in on it, you know?
1: So John and Dargo show up, and I said Aaron before. Sorry, this is the first time they go, it's John and Dargo. And they have no weapons, but they do have Dargo's tongue. But as soon as he flicks his tongue, it turns out that the guy they were facing was a hologram, so...
0: Wah-wah.
1: Yep. And... The guy's like, you just need to find out from Aaron who it was that hired her to do the most evil thing that she did. She killed our leader. She's so evil. It's like, they're trying to convince this alien. This alien is trying to convince Dargo and John to turn against Aaron because she's so evil. And it's like, dude, who... Who do you think you're talking to?
0: Oh, I was gonna say, who are you? Like, we get that this is a big deal to you. These guys don't know who you are. They don't know anything about your civilization. You think, you think they give a shit that Aaron killed some guy they've never met?
1: Aaron's killed a lot of guys. They've all
0: killed a lot of guys. They blew up the shadow depository. Last season ended with them accidentally murdering a ship full of children. They murdered- I'm, I'm sorry, intentionally murdering a ship full of children. They didn't mean to they murder tried the to, children. They
1: tried to evacuate the children.
0: Well, they assumed that the peacekeepers would evacuate the children, which was really dumb of them in retrospect. No,
1: no, listen, listen. They tried to evacuate the children and... When they were unable to do so, like, because the peacekeepers didn't, because Aaron assumed they would and they didn't. That's what drove Aaron to go out and start murdering people. So, I'm just going to assume that the person you murdered is the karmic counterbalance to all those kids dying. Like.
0: We're just going to assume that if if, if our friend is intentionally killing someone, then they're probably a pretty bad person.
1: Right? Also, like. They met in prison.
0: Uh, okay, so I love this. Aaron enters uh, the cockpit or whatever, and she sees Sukozu messing around with stuff, and she's like, new jewel, get out.
1: Yes, she find, she she storms in when she finds out that Dargo and John are on the other ship because she's worried about that. And Sokozu's like, but I'm looking at blueprints. And Aaron's like, I don't care. Listen, I know I fucked John Crichton, but I actually don't care about science shit.
0: I also, I also like that Eren probably spent the least amount of time with Jewel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess also Rigel and Stark, who we have not seen in so long.
1: I know! I did not remember it taking so long for him to come back! He's coming back, don't worry. Stark! Stark's coming back. Uh, Sorry, I feel like the grandfather from, um... Never. Princess Bride. Yeah,
0: Princess Bride. He
1: does not die at this point. You looked concerned. <laughs> anyway, Aaron hops on the phone to call the guys on the other ship and is like, "Um, yeah, you can't threaten my friends. That's not going to make me kill your leader less than I already did."
0: Yeah, I'm just going to kill myself, and then you won't find out who hired me. na 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 na. Nah.
1: And John freaks out. He's like, "Pilot, stop her!" And Pilot's like, "I am attached." <laughs> physically to the ship
0: so he just throws rigel at her
1: i mean rigel does that rigel that i was i was getting to that but rigel stops her and i appreciate that about him
0: i mean i i feel like we don't have evidence that pilot didn't throw rigel at her i mean
1: they're they're, up in com- it, they're a not pop- a, they're not a pilot's den they're up in command that would have been quite a toss
0: it could have been anyone Again, Rigel's a puppet, and they just stopped stop Aaron from committing suicide by throwing a puppet at her. I know that it's supposed to be Rigel under his own power, but he's a puppet. He can't do anything. They just tossed some stagehand, tossed a puppet at Claudia Black, and she's like, oh.
1: Yep. Yeah, they did a fastball special with Rigel, or pilot through Rigel, right? Like
0: Someone threw Rigel.
1: Okay, so now, I mean, it's not-
0: Stark reappeared for just one second to throw Rigel. Hey,
1: that makes sense. He reincorporated- through Rigel, and then disincorporated again. Also, like, I know this isn't what happened, but now I'm... It was Rigel under his own power. Just to be clear, it was Rigel under his own power. But I am now visualizing Rigel in Pilot's den, and Pilot, like, throwing him, and him, like, whizzing around the corridors and, like, up all of the levels he has to go up to get to command.
0: And you'd have, like, a Rigel's eye view of the...
1: Yeah, with, like, a little GoPro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Sakazu goes down to talk to Scorpius. Remember, she does not have translator microbes. Her race cannot tolerate translator microbes, so she speaks every language that she speaks, and she speaks pilot, which is one of the things that makes her so good with leviathans because you will recall from several seasons back that pilots have to really, like, tone down their language in order to be understood by translator microbes. So Sukozu can actually speak to a pilot in pilot language, and Scorpius is just like, "Wait, what? Can you speak Skarin?" And she's like, "Yeah."
0: Duh. I do do really like that they're they're connecting on this level that you know Scorpius also did have to learn these languages himself.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: So, I do like that she she has no loyalty to Moya's crew, which is part of the reason. Why would she? Yes. And Scorpius notices that too. He's like, so you could totally work with me. Remember how I saved your life? And she's like, you don't seem like a useful person to work for in this moment.
1: Yes, they've locked him in his room. Because remember, all the rooms on Moya double as prison cells.
0: Yeah, and Scorpius is like, no, there's never a point where I'm not a useful person to have in your corner. You might want to keep that in mind. I know you're smart. You have to realize that. I am your best shot of surviving.
1: He tells her to be ready to act when he needs when he needs assistance. And she tells him, um, you know that this Leviathan is pretty fucked up from like several things that have happened to it. And also You would
0: burn Moya?
1: And also that the pilot is like not the real pilot. The real pilot got like sh- pulled out and this one got like stuck in and isn't fully bonded to it. Remember good from
0: continuity ago?
1: Yep. And also that everyone who's on this ship does not know what they're doing. And Scorpius is like, this is not my first day. I do know all of this. And yet somehow they still blew up a shadow depository. So let's just stay on our toes.
0: Well, I mean, they don't have talent anymore, so.
1: That's true. Talon is what blew up the shadow depository. That's a good point. So, Aaron is now strapped down to the bed because she tried to kill herself. Uh, even though she didn't try to kill herself, like,
0: She tried to, well, she did try to kill herself, but it was to stop them from killing, uh, you know, John and the rest of the crew. And John's having these little hallucinations of Aaron as being more Scorpius-y, like, with the makeup and stuff and not just the outfit.
1: Yeah, he imagines her, like, shooting up out of bed and having, like, the scar and eye creases that Scorpius does and the black lipstick. And she's like,
0: Psychosexual nightmare.
1: She's like, why don't you just let her die, John? What's weird is that it seems like Aaron, who is dying, should be the one having hallucinations. But I guess John's been through a lot.
0: And Aaron is telling him, she's like, kill me before the heat delirium does.
1: In the episode where we find out about heat delirium, she makes John promise that he will kill her before she reaches the point of no return with the heat delirium. And at the time he promised he would. Actually, he never did. He never did promise. Mm. She's... If I'm recalling that episode correctly, she said, remember your promise, but he never actually did promise. Anyway, she wants him to, she wants to hold him to that promise.
0: And he's like, that's a selfish thing to ask. You want to be released from this, but you're not thinking about all the other people it'll affect. And she's like, it's better for you to kill me now because then you won't be killed by this guy once you're not useful to him. Which is ragingly optimistic on Aaron's part, but...
1: Yeah. Aaron... Aaron swore that she would not give up the person who sent her to kill this guy, and she's not gonna go back on that promise. And John is like, not understanding why that promise is worth more to her than he is, right? He's like, can you not stay alive for me? Hmm. But Aaron's duty is in fact more important to her than John. And... God, I love this part where John is like, So you are an assassin now. I just want you to tell me that.
0: The guy you killed was a bad person.
1: Right. Like, there's a reason. There's a reason that you had to kill him. But more importantly, that the people that you're protecting are worth more than your life. Hmm. Like, I don't believe that. Like, he believes that the guy was worth killing, but not that the guys she's protecting are worth more than her life.
0: Hmm. Meanwhile. What's her bucket? Greza is asking her subordinates what their ideas are, and remember, if you have a bad idea, you will die. And.
1: That is definitely the best way to get the most out of your people.
0: Remember, if you screw up once, you're dead. There's no opportunity to, like, learn or grow or anything. I get that the Peacekeepers kind of. the main reason that they are.
1: Yeah, evil. The, it holds the it holds the seeds of its own destruction by behaving in that manner.
0: Oh, no. You, oh,
1: sorry, is that, yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Uh, what I was going to say was uh, the main reason that they're as powerful a force as they are is that they breed a lot. Oh. Not that they're particularly <laughs> good at what they do.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Like, their main thing that they have is numbers. So I guess it's not really worth it to keep people around, you know, and let them grow into better versions of themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, John decides that he's going to take out Scorpius because he can't save Aaron's life and somehow this will help.
0: It'll make him feel better.
1: In charging in to take out Scorpius, he finds Sokozu deciding to help him and he's like, Oh, this is how you escaped death! And he's like, no, I literally just the second convinced her to help me!
0: Also, what would Sokozu have done to stop him from being... Like, he got buried alive and shot, like...
1: Yeah, I know. He lived just because he lived.
0: Like, what would Sukozu have done to make him live there? Does she have some secret antidote to getting shot and buried alive that she just slipped him beforehand?
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, now I'm imagining an anti-being-buried-alive antidote. I like it. (laughs) Okay, so... God, there's so much good stuff in this episode. This is such a good episode. When John pulls the gun... The, the pulse pistol on Scorpius and is like Harvey, you know, the, the neural clone told me not to trust you. Scorpius tells him, I saved Aaron's life. The neural clone killed her. So mm. maybe think about that. And now we have this bizarre standoff. I'm glad they did Reservoir Dogs because this is a very cool version of the standoff at the end of Reservoir Dogs. Where in real life, John is holding a pistol on Scorpius. And in his head, John is holding a pistol on Harvey. Like, trying to figure out what to do.
0: And uh, Harvey's trying to be really casual. And he sees the chair from that one scene from Reservoir Dogs. The the
1: stuck-in-the-middle-with-you scene.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yup. And he's like... John, you know you... The good you can-
1: thing is Cowell covers his ear completely.
0: Mm. Like, you you know you can't trust Scorpius, and I know what I did, but we're at a different place now.
1: Yeah, I didn't know you that the way I know you now.
0: I've been inside your head, I have changed, I have become more like you. And he sits in the chair and he's like, do whatever you feel like you need to do, but I want you to listen to me, you can't trust him
1: so john has given the pistol john in the real world has given the pistols to sokozu who has given scorpius a syringe that he says will help john he pushes john onto the table sokozu jumps out with the pistol and scorpius says to her in scarin stay out of it Mm. and then injects john which allows the john in john's head to shoot harvey
0: Killing him forever. Forever?
1: Um, killing I'm forever not gonna th- swear that we're done with Harvey, but I do think that that killed Harvey, yes. I'm not 100% sure we're done with him.
0: Well, remember, the chip isn't actually in John's head anymore. Like, right. Like, the Harvey that was in John's head was just a psychological echo, basically. Yes. So, I don't know, I think it, it makes sense that... There's a chemical you could inject that would just, I mean, it makes sense in a, this could be a thing that existed in sci-fi. There's an injection that releases psychic ghosts.
1: Yep. So.
0: It's it's like 20 sessions of therapy pumped directly into your brain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I believe that the future could have something like that. So, now that they're all friends, Scorpius is telling John about the plan that Graza has back on the command carrier. Apparently, the Peacekeepers have a missile that they're going to shoot at Moya via Prowler. That's what Bracca and the others were doing. They're going to shoot this missile at Moya, and it's going to lock on her, blow her up, and it can follow her anywhere. If she tries to starburst away, it'll just follow her through the starburst. Okay. We... We literally, at the beginning of this episode, were talking about how when you starburst, you take things along with you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm buying it. It just, doesn't she want John alive? She doesn't she... know
1: why people want John. Yeah, she should want him alive, right?
0: Like, it seems odd, although I guess, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Uh, What's his face? Lonnie Tupu's character. Grace. Grace wanted to kill him. You think maybe Grace would have invested in this weapon. <laughs>
1: that's a good point. Anyway, John wants to know how he knows this, and Scorpius says that he has a spy on the command carrier, who is definitely not Raka because then well, that's too obvious. So John is going to deal with the assassinated guy's friend first. He says, Aaron is about to die, so I'm going to come aboard, and we're going to deal with that first.
0: That's the thing, how do you eat an elephant?
1: One bite at a time?
0: One bite at a time.
1: As a, as a person who has ADHD, sometimes that's a very useful thing. Like, I can't deal with all of the stuff that's happening. I just have to go with one bite at a time. So the first bite is to bring Aaron aboard and be like, look, you want information from her and she's gonna die, so you better cure her now and then figure out a way to get the information from her.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about injecting someone with something that is going to kill them when you need information from them. Suddenly you've given yourself a time frame.
1: Yeah, I mean, they believe that she will tell them before she dies, but clearly, clearly not. So they give her one injection and John's like, she's not recovered, give her another injection. And the guys are like, no, she only needed one injection. She's definitely going to survive now. And John's like, oh, good to know. And then they all start fighting. But of course, a bunch of them are holograms.
0: I feel bad for the ones that aren't holograms. Do you think they thought that they were going in with a full group of guys, but there were just, like, two dudes they were willing to let die and then holograms?
1: I mean, the guys who went in knew that everyone else was a hologram.
0: Wow. I would not imagine being happy about that situation.
1: Well, what's happening is that this ship is... This gigantic ship, which, as I said, dwarfs Moya, is pretending that it is a full crew, but it only has, like, five guys. So, Aaron is now mostly recovered, and she's like, hey, come out and face me!
0: I love that the guy comes out, and she's like, face me, or are you too much of a coward? And the guy shows up, and he's like, I faced you once, don't you remember? And Aaron's like, not really. For me,
1: that was Tuesday.
0: But also, I think that she, like, she's playing it off like I've killed I've killed thousands of people, I've swallowed oceans and cities, emperors and kings, and it's like, no, I think you actually just don't remember because of whatever's going on with Pilot. I don't know if that's true, but I'm assuming that someone has been playing with some memories here.
1: Well, she's she's trying to make him angry, so she tells him, you know, I killed so many people that day, and also, guess what? Nobody hired me to do it. I did it for free because he was a terrible person and I would do it again and it works. Finally, that guy proves himself to be a hologram and another guy reveals where he is by shooting at her and she's okay because she has the personal shield that they picked up last week in Love is a Many Splendored Thing. I guess that episode had a purpose.
0: You remember the thing that they very clunkily reminded us existed in the previously on for this episode? Thus revealing that it was going to be a. Why did they feel like they needed to? That that's such a weird thing. Like it's the thing that resolves it. And did they just think that we wouldn't remember lava as a many splendour? Okay, yeah, fair, right, right? Fair. But Sokozu found the control orb thing that controls the ship because there, like you said, there were actually only about five dudes on this giant ship. And, and
1: she's like, aren't you glad you picked up me, a ship genius, before you before you got into this situation?
0: Yeah, and they're like, okay, Sukosu, since you've got the whole higher brain thing, can you use that helmet to control the ship? And she's like, no, I couldn't. No, I'm kidding, I totally can.
1: So, that, that was the
0: sound of her psychically interfacing. Makes kind of a grinding noise.
1: So, here's the plan. This ship is a chameleon ship. It can make itself look like anything. So Sokozu is going to make it look like Moya. Moya's going to shut off her brain, which she can do for about 800 seconds and still live. And then the missile, if they time it right, will chase the chameleon ship instead of Moya. Fair. Good plan, right? I think it's a good plan.
0: Yeah. So, yes, it is now a shell game. That's probably the wrong thing. Is that a shell game? No, it's not a shell game at all. It's a... I don't actually think there's a good word for what kind of scam this is. Twin confusion thing. No, you've got the wrong twin.
1: Hey, Editing Tina jumping in here. This is not the kind of thing I usually jump in for, but I wanted to point out that the thing Max is talking about here, that he's like, shell game, twin test. Actually, twin test is one name for it, but... The trope he's talking about is spot the imposter and I'm stopping to say that just because I referred to the decision of which Harvey to kill as the mutual disadvantage trope like at the end of Reservoir Dogs but actually that itself was another kind of variant on the spot the imposter test so yeah, this episode's really good. they really, really, really coming at us with the parallels here. Okay, editing Tina out. Yeah, but it does work. They make the chameleon ship look like a leviathan, pilot shuts down Moya, and the missile goes after the wrong ship. And Smart. everybody lives happily ever after.
0: Smart missile my ass. By the way, it turns out that the uh, spy is the dude who wasn't the blonde lady that we saw earlier.
1: What? It's not Bracca?
0: It's not Brock. I mean, I thought it might be the blonde lady. I mean, we might have been. I know. Oh, it was Kreis who always had blonde ladies working yeah. for him that he turned on.
1: I just think it's funny that they really, really wanted us to think it was Brocka. And it's like, it's obviously not Brocka. Come on. There's a moment of tension where it's like, wait, is, is Moya going to wake up? Yes, of course. She's on the cover of the DVD box. It's fine. I must tell you. Moya does not die at this point. You looked worried. Although, to be fair, Farscape has already proven itself to be a show where basically anyone can die, so.
0: Yeah, and especially a ship. Relatively easy to uh, get a new one. Like, you don't even have to change actors or anything.
1: Yeah, it's true. And if they got another Leviathan, yeah, yeah.
0: You wouldn't even have to change sets that much.
1: It would have to be another Leviathan, though, because that puppet, the pilot puppet... Hmm. ...is incredible, and I can't imagine they wouldn't want to keep using the pilot puppet. Oh,
0: yeah, but... I mean, they wouldn't even have to make it another Leviathan. They could be like, oh, look, it's a species that has the same things Leviathan has. I mean, I guess they'd just make it another Leviathan so they could reuse the set.
1: So... The wrong ship blows up, the chameleon ship blows up. Moya, who they all thought was a dead decoy that they had hauled from from the Leviathan graveyards to be a decoy... Wakes up and goes into Starburst, and Graza's like, "Uh uh-oh, better kill the blonde lady.
0: Yeah, she's like, take a seat, blonde lady, I will deal with you in short order, and blonde lady's like, eh. Oh yeah,
1: actually, I said kill her. Even worse, she sends her to the Aurora Chair. Like, why? The Aurora Chair, like, I get that it's torturous, but the point isn't to torture, the point is to get information. You have all of the information already!
0: And we're just doing random stuff for no reason.
1: Yeah. So, John goes down to talk to Scorpius, and he's like, Hey, I'm uh, being tortured by imaginings of you torturing Aaron. Did you torture Aaron? And Scorpius is like, No! I'm not Graza! I just wanted the wormhole knowledge!
0: Yeah, seriously, John. Like, I'm a very single-minded person. Remember when I told you I wasn't going to blow up Earth because... Despite threatening to do it earlier, because what... What would the point of that be? I'm not Crace.
1: Speaking of, John's like, okay, when we were on the command carrier and you said you knew where Earth was, was that a lie? And Scorpions is like, no, that's not my deal. I totally know where Earth is.
0: And, like, I would blow it up if it was useful to me to blow up Earth, but it it wouldn't be. That's the big thing that is keeping it safe.
1: Now, he does tell John. And this is kind of a... Weirdly, this is a stand-up thing of Scorpius to do. Mm-hmm. He tells John that before he left, he erased the records from the computers of where Earth is, which means none of the other peacekeepers know where Earth is. He is the only one who knows, and so John... Well, I mean, I guess this is a good reason to do it. John can kill him if he chooses, but Scorpius is the only person who knows where Earth is.
0: Hey, you know, I think Scorpius might be kind of a smart character.
1: Scorp- is this, Scorpius is the smartest character I think we've ever met on the show.
0: And a lot of it is him having... I know this is weird, but him having social skills? Like, not social... Having H- him so-
1: understanding what drives people.
0: Yes, him understanding how people work. Have social skills is not the right way to phrase that, but... Yeah, he understands people in a way that makes him way more dangerous than he would be otherwise... Okay, okay, this is this is a little off-topic. What?! I know. But one of my favorite bits from Grant Morrison's run on X-Men is when uh, the X-Men are fighting Cassandra Nova. Uh-huh. And Jean Grey ends up trapping her inside uh, this alien life form to teach her empathy, like, to restart her brain and teach her empathy. Yeah. And there's a bit where she's facing off against her, and she's like, I was really scared of you the first few times... We interacted. You seem like this giant, unstoppable psychic force, but during, like, over the course of my time fighting you, i realized, for all the big, scary psychic energy you have, you really don't understand how people work, mm-hmm. and that's why you're not going to win this fight. And it seems like at first she's like, "You, you don't understand love. You don't understand friendship." And at first you're like, "Oh God, this is going to go into My Little Pony direction." But her point is that Cassandra Nova doesn't understand human emotions, and that's why she can't win a sustained psychic war. Because she doesn't know how to use people the way she thinks she does.
1: And that makes total sense. So, Chiana goes to talk to Pilot, and mostly I think because she doesn't have a lot of lines this episode.
0: What? I haven't said (laughs) anything in a while.
1: So Chiana goes down to talk to Pilot, and Pilot's like, I'm so glad you're back. Chiana's like, I'm so glad to be back. Pilot's like, by the way, it's really annoying when everyone shouts things at me all the time. And Chiana's like, do you want us to airlock Sokozu? Because I will do it right now. Pilot's like, no, just everyone stop yelling at me at once. Here's what I need. Leo! <laughs> yeah. No, he says, figure out which one of you is the captain, and then I will know that's the one to listen to.
0: Look, I only want to talk to one person.
1: <laughs> yep. So, meanwhile, John actually talks to Aaron about the fact that she's pregnant. And, Jesus Christ, is Claudia Black incredible? She's so incredible. When he tells her that, like... Okay, he says, he says is there anything else you want to tell me? Any other oaths of silence you took? And she's like, no. And he goes, did you want to tell me you're pregnant? And just the face journey she goes on is so perfect.
0: And it's great because she doesn't have an answer for him. Like
1: There were no lines for her at that point. Like, she just...
0: Or him. Like, he watches her face journey and then he just accepts it and leaves.
1: And, like, her face journey is like, okay... First she's like, oh, is this a joke? Is this one of John's Earth jokes? Shit, he knows. Oh, fuck. Oh, shoot. I just showed everything on my face. I don't know what to say. And then he turns and walks away. And that's it. She looks out at the space.
0: Wah. Episode over.
1: Episode over.
0: So that was a really good episode. Such
1: a good episode.
0: As with most episodes of Farscape, I do feel like there was an unnecessary amount of plot in some places and they could have just focused on the awkward emotions more. Which is the thing I like, but we we didn't need Boob Lady.
1: Well, okay, maybe we here's the thing. There are three scenes with Grays up prior to the launch of the missile, and then the scene when they launched the missile. We probably needed one scene prior to launching the missile, and then maybe like the scene could have been half as long after they launched it. I do think we needed the missile because Scorpius needed to prove his value. We needed to deal with the chameleon ship. We needed to blow all those guys up so that we knew they weren't chasing after Aaron anymore. Like, it resolved that plot very neatly. But you're right. We had more of it than we needed. But sometimes when you say that Farscape had extraneous plots, I'm like, oh yeah, this entire plot, subplot, could have lifted out. But not with this one. Yeah, This one, I'm like, I could have just trimmed it.
0: Alright, so we've got segments.
1: We do have segments. Our first segment is strange alien creatures, which is what makeup or puppet design worked for you this episode.
0: Okay, it, it's too easy. It's 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 the it's the head alien guy, especially because his like the cybernetics on top of his head feel very um, Guillermo del Toro.
1: Yes, and okay, you know I said he looked like the diagnostician. He definitely looked like something that Kiyama del Toro would have put into a Hellboy movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was thinking about that guy with the, like, building head in the marketplace in the second one.
1: Yes. It reminded
0: me a lot of that.
1: Yeah, that puppet was really well done. And I really like, he had, like, whiskers? Whiskers isn't the right word, but, like, hairs that are obviously used to sense things. I guess that's what whiskers are. Mm. They came out from the side of his eyes, and... They were almost squashed underneath the cybernetics, which is a great, like, nature-slash-tech dichotomy. It tells, like, a whole story with the puppet. Yeah. So, yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Our second segment is a distant part of the universe, which is what world-building worked for you in this episode.
0: Okay. This is going to sound weird, but I really like that Aaron did a political assassination. Like, I know that's a weird sentence in and of itself but i i like that that is her way of balancing the scales from accidentally killing a bunch of children she's like i'm going to assassinate a politician in a way that presumably will save more lives than i have taken
1: so i yeah i mentioned a lot that the thing i like about farscape is the way that the world exists outside of what's happening and they're like we just do not care and. Uh, here, Aaron's like, you know what? I'm just going to go on a little side quest. You know, all these people who are always popping up and like, we have political issues. I'm just going to go check that out, see what that's all about. I do like that. And my my thing for this segment is much less thematic and, like, grand than that, which is just I really loved the chameleon ship. I loved the way it looked when it wasn't chameeled mm. and just, like, glowing and, like, like a thing that wasn't even really there and yet so massive and huge. And then the idea that it can make itself look like anything. just, I like the chameleon ship.
0: Well, it's like a living environment, right?
1: Yes, yes. It was like a whole atmosphere in space. Hmm. Yes. And then our final segment is the wonders that I've seen. What emotionally resonated for you this episode?
0: Okay, strap yourself in. I don't want your sh- socks to be blown off by the sheer surprise <laughs> of what I'm about to say. But it was the Aaron and John scene at the end of the episode. What? I know, shocking everyone, the Aaron and John emotional bit is the thing that resonated most with me emotionally. Just the fact that there are no words uh-huh. after John asks about the baby. Just Claudia Black's face journey, the way he just turns and silently walks out of the room. The whole thing just lands so well for me.
1: All right, I disagree with you. Oh. Yeah, I don't think the Aaron and John moment at the end was the strongest. I think it was a different Aaron and John moment. The <sighs> no, God, Aaron and John. Actually, I, I, when I was first watching this episode, I thought it was going to be when he first arrives on the ship and sees Aaron. Mm-hmm. And he's just so happy to see her that it doesn't even register for him for a few seconds how sick she is, even though she's obviously so sick. But I think it's actually when he's talking to her about the assassination, and he's like, tell me that this was a bad guy. And I don't think we were clear about how clear John makes it that he understands that and he supports that whatever she did, she did it for a reason. He knows that if she killed someone, it was someone who needed to die. He just is unwilling to accept her calculus that her death is worth it Hmm. because to him, it's not. Yeah. So, and yet like, so to, to, walk that line of being like no you are wrong you must live but also I completely trust in your judgment on this is a really fine line to walk and John definitely does it
0: alright so I believe that'll about do it
1: yeah that will do it so the next episode we are talking about is episode 6 natural election Moya is ensnared by a giant space plant that starts feeding on her skin gross so I think that does it for this week mm mhm Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: We can also be contacted at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com, or on Twitter at ilovetvzines.
0: So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. Wow. What?